everyone, this is Adele Testa, the coach. And for our stories of expat, for fellow expat, we have today a special guest, Marina Krivonosova. If I spelled right, but yes. Marina is going to share with us how to spell it correctly. Now, let's begin this episode of Shine Abroad. Welcome, <laughs> Marina. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Marina, please introduce yourself. Perhaps say your surname again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Marina Krivonosova. A little, little tough last name for some people. I'm originally from Russia, but I was raised in California and now I live in the Netherlands. My academic background is in, uh, is in economics and political science. And I'm currently working in marketing and I'm also doing some writing on the side. So that's kind of how you found me through my writing for expats. And outside of that, I like baking, hiking, and traveling. Such a rich profile. <laughs> so how long have you been living in Netherlands? I lived in the Netherlands for about half a year in 2018. And then I came back mid-2019. So about a grand total of maybe two years. What was behind your decision to move abroad? So originally, when I was living in California, I actually wanted to move to Washington, D.C. for school because I thought they had a lot of schools that had good programs for my field of interest, which was political science. But I quickly realized that maybe because I have an international focus for my studies, it would make sense to go abroad. So I found a university in the Netherlands that offered some really interesting classes. So I studied abroad for half a year in 2018 during my bachelor. And I really loved it. So I decided to move back to the Netherlands for my master's degree. And now I got married and I found work and I live here. <laughs> and what made you decide Netherlands? Was any specific reason? In all honesty, it all happened by chance. I actually really wanted to go to Switzerland, but the program there, it was just, it was more expensive. There was a lot of testing to get in. I couldn't do everything in time. And I was already in university for a short amount of time. So I couldn't really you know, wait it out for another year, take my time. I was kind of in a hurry with that. So I was like, okay, what country sounds interesting? And I found the Netherlands and I was like, they have really great programs and I don't know anything about the country. So it would just be, you know, a whole new immersive learning experience. And that's just how I ended up there, just completely by chance. That's beautiful. And, and I guess for us as expats, somehow we took Bid's decision without realizing it. Yeah. So, and then we understand just after if it made sense for our life or not, and, and we're trying to figure out. Yep. What was the expectation before landing to Netherlands and what was the reality for you? I think, I think myself, like a lot of people, I had this idealistic expectation of the Netherlands, you know, people in the US are like, oh, wow, Europe, you know, that's something... You know, it's a place to look up to. It's a place to strive to be like, I guess. And coming to the Netherlands, I very much internalized that. And that's kind of what I expected. So when I came to everything was real. Everything was just different. People were just living their lives. It wasn't some kind of fairy tale romance story. That, that was very interesting for me. And going to school here was super different as well because I'm used to the kind of hustle and grind culture where, you know, you're working 24-7 to get the perfect grades, get into the perfect university, get the perfect job. Whereas in the Netherlands, it's very much like you go to school to have a career in the future. You don't go to school to just live your life 100% in school. That was just incredibly different for me. So a lot of expectation versus reality differences. And with so many differences, what do you feel now comfortable with? The American approach or the approach that he's, he's in Netherlands? 
I, I think it depends on what I'm talking about. So for instance, when it comes to school and work, I very much appreciate the approach here in the Netherlands because there's a lot less pressure and I feel like there's a lot more emphasis on mental health, whereas in the US they talk about mental health, but they don't really do anything to help it. There's still very much that push to be the best, do anything you can to succeed. It doesn't matter how your health is suffering, your mental health, physical health is just about succeeding, whereas in the Netherlands it's different. But there are also some things that I prefer in the US because in the US I was pushed to, you know, get my schooling out of the way, start working. And that's very much an approach I appreciated. I was very excited to finish up my school and start working in the real world. It's just something that I've always been working towards. And coming to the Netherlands and they're like, oh, you know, you're still young. You still have time. No rush. And that no rush approach, I, I just couldn't get behind that. So, you know, there, there's definitely pros and cons. Thank you for sharing. I guess that my Italian background and, you know, my Italian mindset anyway, because I've been in Italy for many years and the English one about some aspects are very different. And as an expat, it's always nice because we can pick up the bits that we like. Yeah where we live and where we live. <laughs> exactly. And it makes us unique in this sense. What did you learn about yourself while living abroad? I learned that, oh man, one, one thing that stands out, I guess I learned that I'm much more determined than I thought I was. I always knew I was an ambitious person, but I thought I would be more keen to give up easily when the going got tough, especially when it got very tough, you know, when my lease spontaneously got canceled and I didn't know where to go, when I lost a lot of money planning a trip that didn't happen, just there was a lot of obstacles I encountered and I didn't know what to do and I thought I'd give up and, you know, I'd come crying home. I'd just run back and be like, you know what, maybe living abroad by myself wasn't for me, but that didn't happen. And I was like, okay, like if I can overcome this, I can overcome anything. Like whatever life throws my way, it'll be okay. So you learn about yourself how determined you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what else did you learn? I learned that life is full of surprises. You know, I ended up in the Netherlands by chance. I ended up in marketing by chance. You know, nothing I ever studied could have prepared me for this. I got married to a Dutch man in the Netherlands completely by chance. We got married in Denmark. You know, how, how do all these things happen? Like, you could plan your life as much as you want, but things are just going to happen. Life will always turn for the unexpected, and you just have to be prepared for that. And you just have to, you know, take it as it comes. Yes, I totally agree with you. I think it's, it's a mix between being intentional, so trying to make sure what is best for us, but also be humble enough to think that our plans are not always better than life. Like the time the plan for me didn't turn in the way I wanted, the actual alternative that happened was far better. That's exactly how I felt. I had all these plans to go back to California after my master's program, but none of that happened. And I'm really grateful it did. And honestly, I'm very much happy with the way the universe made things happen. How do you feel now in Netherlands? I guess with the pandemic, I think I feel differently than I otherwise would. I feel like a foreigner. And I mean, I am. And that's fine. It is what it is. But I still struggle with fitting in. And especially with the pandemic, it's so hard to you know, go out, meet people, make new friends. So I feel very, very trapped, very confined in that sense. And do you see yourself living there on a long term? Maybe for a few years. I, um, I'm definitely someone who likes to travel and someone who likes adventure. So I'd love to live in more different places before I pick one to settle down. So I think for a couple of years, I'd like to live here, but I, it's not my ideal living. Okay. 
And will you ever go back to California? Absolutely. I love California. And what do you miss about that? <laughs> what don't I miss about that, honestly? I mean, of course, it's always going to be home. It's the place I grew up. All my friends are there. My family's there. I love the beaches. I love the great weather, the diverse nature. You know, we have forests. We have deserts. Again, we have beaches. We have, you know, anything you can think of. I had a car there. I really miss my car. <laughs> I really miss the people. Everyone's so friendly and open. You know, you can go to a bar, you can go to a cafe and just strike up a conversation with someone and they'll keep it going. I know that's something that really shocked my husband when we went back together to visit my family. He was like, what? Like that man at the mall just started talking to us. I'm like, yeah, that's like super normal here. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot I miss. I can relate with the cultures to be far open. Um, yeah. Yeah, because in Italy it's the same. Mm -hmm. And I noticed with my partner, he's English. Sometimes he asks me, we didn't know that person, why that person was speaking with us. <laughs> and the fact that the fact that we are both queuing mm -hmm. to, to something for theater or like something is a reason good enough for someone to speak with you and, mm -hmm. and somehow kill time. And I guess like for me, I, I, I can relate because here is something so unusual that when I tried to do, it was perceived perhaps in the wrong way. So I stopped doing it because yeah. I thought perhaps it's been inappropriate. How do you live with your Californian culture in Netherlands? I think just as you mentioned, I've, always, I've also had to uh, tone it down because I'm also very much the person, if we're standing in line together, if we're sitting together on a bus, you know, if we just bump into each other at the store, I'll like make a comment, I'll start a conversation, I'll want to know more about you, I'll want to share some stories or something. But I also see that's very much not a thing in the Netherlands as it is in California. So I kind of just have to tone that back a little. Honestly, that's, that's the main thing for me. That's the biggest thing. But other than that, you know, I've just had to adjust because I am the visitor here. I am the foreigner. It's not their job to accommodate and cater to me. It's my job to kind of adjust and immerse myself in their culture. So, you know, I'm trying to learn words here and there, just really make myself feel like I belong here, I guess. Yeah, I can really relate with that. Feeling that somehow we belong is such an important part. As Absolutely. An because even if we're going to stay here for five or six or perhaps 10 years mm -hmm. is the quality of the time matter so making an effort is is something important did you pick up any aspect of the Netherlands culture that now you feel this part of you I honestly cannot say that I have, maybe part because I haven't really gotten to experience too much of it because the pandemic happened. So I think that part of my life here is on pause, unfortunately. I see. And how do you feel with the pandemic to be so far from home? And how do you feel about the travel restrictions? So I very much don't like being so far away from home. If the pandemic wasn't happening, my family and I would be seeing each other much more often. We'd be traveling to places together. but you know, as it stands, it's quite difficult. And the restrictions, while they do make it hard, it's also just the fact that planning a trip to so far away is already difficult. Quarantining, it just makes it so much more tedious and painful. So I'm really not a fan of that, but I don't think anybody is. When we had our chat, we spoke about like homesickness, perhaps not explored enough when we think about living abroad, because there is always the glamorous part of it. 
um, that last the first few weeks and then gone. <laughs> that last forever. How is for you? Homesickness, I really wish people did talk about it more because it is something that I feel lingers and it is in people's backgrounds and the back of people's minds when they move abroad. It's just something that stays with you and you can't help it. Even if you're here for a month, if you're here for 10 years, it's always going to be there because this place still isn't home. It's not where you're from. It's not where you were brought up. So for me, the most important thing has been acknowledging that and not trying to suppress those feelings. So, you know, I'll call my mom, I'll call my sister, my dad, my best friends back home. I'll make sure I'm having conversations with them. I'll make sure we're staying in touch, sharing photos. That's really important to me, just seeing what everyone else there is doing and seeing what my home looks like right now to see that I'm still part of it, I guess, or to feel that way. Another thing is finding a community where you live of people who are in similar positions, maybe. Over the summer, I was meeting up with other expats who are living in the Netherlands and it was just nice, you know, having people who understand where you're coming from, because I can have my Dutch friends, I can have my husband, I can tell them like, hey, this is what I'm feeling, but they don't understand it. But when you're talking to people who are from, you know, other countries, even if they're not from the US as well, they still know the feeling of like, hey, my parents aren't here, my best friends aren't here, I abandoned my life to move here. And there's just something like about that community that just makes makes it better. I can see how... This has happened also um, during the coaching session. I do support experts. And one topic that came up very often is that the people around them, they cannot really understand this sense of homesickness because it is unclear. So little things, for example, being extremely happy because you find that brand of biscuits and chocolate <laughs> in your country is a big thing, can really make you smile and happy for the whole day. And the truth is probably that biscuit tastes very similar to the biscuit <laughs> in the country. Perhaps it's also worse. But still, the fact that you can physically touch something that reminds you home is invaluable. For me, at least, is somehow my responsibility to try to communicate this in the best way um, to the people around me, to my partner that I live with, because sometimes, I don't know for you, but for me, homesickness happens with no reason. Like I can wake up in the morning and feel like I want home. Yeah. It's everything. And after two hours being okay. And then <laughs> something happens and feel again that sense. And some periods are far easier, some periods are more complicated. What is your experience in communicating this feeling that because it's not discussed so much, is a bit unknown well as you mentioned i think communication is a huge part of it just again admitting to yourself like hey this is how i feel and this is okay and communicate communicating to the people around you so as you mentioned you know you you can tell your partner this or you can find something that reminds you of home and that's something for me as well I'll tell my husband like i you know i really miss california and i love sushi back home the sushi here just does not compare so for me that's something that i'm like hey i really miss home Let's go get some really good sushi, as good as we can get. Let's let's watch some American TV. Let's look at some pictures of beaches, you know, just anything to remind yourself of home. And I don't know, for, for me, that really helps. Just giving myself a little piece of California make, makes everything feel okay. And I can, you know, move on to the next part of my life until I feel sad again. And then just repeat it. Because, you know, you don't really feel homesick all the time, at least when you've been in this uh, new place for a while it won't be like every second of every day that you're just sad and missing home but when it does happen it is okay to admit it it is okay to look back at home it is okay to talk to your family friends 
and the feeling will go away. It's not permanent. Absolutely true. It's not permanent. What else advice will you give to someone that feels homesick? Talk to someone about it. I think the worst thing you can do is internalize it. You're just going to end up hurting yourself more. And whether it be someone who is nearby in your new country, whether it is a support group online, whether it be your family back home, just talk to someone about it. Because talking things through, in my experience, is the best way to working through them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think also that by talking with someone, we feel less alone. For me and for the people that, that I know that share the same experience in living abroad, there is this sense of my problem is just mine. And somehow, because I choose to be here, I need to hide this part of myself because it seems I'm contradicting myself. The big truth that um, and turning point I had was that I can be homesick, but still be sure and 100% convinced that I'm in the right place. That's, I completely agree with that. And that's been so relevant in every aspect of my life because I also have experienced that guilt of like, hey, like I'm doing this to myself. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I shouldn't tell anyone. You know, I started grad school in the Netherlands and it was hard because I was in a new country. I was away from home. School was hard. You know, getting a grad degree is difficult. I did start to internalize it. But then I was like, well, you know what? I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy I'm doing this. I'm happy I started on this adventure this you know, mission to move abroad and get my degree. So even if I have moments of sadness or moments of weakness, it doesn't mean I'm in the wrong place, as you say. So I do think that's incredibly important as well. I, I totally agree with you. I guess what is important as well, I don't know if it's your experience, that there is a moment in life, now for me it's five years that I live in uh, UK and I've been living far from home for the last 10 years, more or less. There is always this sense that I'm missing something. So when I'm here, I'm missing something from home. When I'm home for a while, I miss something like from here uh, or just the language, the sounds of the language. And I guess that is that privileged position because that's what I think is a privilege to be international. I think you're completely right. When I first moved to the Netherlands and I was feeling homesick, I was like, you know what? I'll never feel like I belong in this place. It's just so different. But when I last went back home to California, I loved it. And I was so excited to be here or there. <laughs> but it was so weird, like walking down the street and not seeing those Dutch supermarkets I was used to, not seeing those old buildings, all the canals, all the cyclists, like cars instead of cyclists. It was just the craziest feeling. And I was like, huh, I kind of I kind of got used to that. I kind of do miss that. So I very much relate. You start to find a piece of home everywhere you live. Yeah, find a piece of home wherever you live is, is such an important point. Do you think there is, if there is, a turning point or something that can make you feel balanced or perhaps a whole? Whether it be, you know, a little community or just something bigger you're part of, just finding people who understand you, people whom you can talk to. And for me, over the summer, it was those people I hung out with, the other expats who were in the similar situation and talking to them, you know, sitting by this castle and this beautiful country. I, at that point, I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. You know, this, this feels right. <laughs> so that's what it was for me. But of course, it'll be something different for everyone. Finding your new favorite food spot, finding an amazing job where you finally feel like you belong. It could be anything. And you never know when it'll come either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing that I noticed, and I don't know if it stayed with you or resonate with you somehow, is that when I'm back home, the places are familiar, but they look a bit disconnected from me. 
I mean, little thing. They painted the building of a new color. It's not the color that was before. <laughs> like 10 years was white and you go there, it's light yellow. And for you, it's like, oh my God, they are changing the building. <laughs> How dare they are. And there's this sense of like that life carry on. Also that people remain the same, remain not the same, perhaps it's the wrong way to say, but remain with that specific of social exposure. So that's the way to approach things and like to uh, process problems or to experience joy or anything else. Is that for me, because I have like uh, another part of my life that is developed with different people, I found that there's a formal limits there Okay, first of all, I completely relate to you when you say that, you know, going back home, you notice the little things changing and you're like, hey, you can't do that. I felt that way going back to my parents' house because they repainted all the walls and they switched up all the paintings. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that without my permission. And they're like, you don't even live here. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're completely right. I don't live there anymore. Like, that's not home. But um, it is it is interesting what you say about people because people I guess in that sense the people at home do kind of stay the same because they're living that same life you left behind and they're not they're not somewhere else they're not getting those new experiences I mean obviously they're getting their own experiences but to you they kind of stay the same whereas you know you've spent a few months a few years living in this different country and you kind of feel like you might be a whole different person and you're going back and it's it's kind of like watching your two worlds cross over at least that's how I felt about it yeah I felt actually the same do you feel more connected or more disconnected from your identity? I think I feel more connected. I've always had, you know, crazy wanderlust. I've always wanted to travel. As I said, I've wanted to live in different places. So I feel like the more uncomfortable I get in these new places, the more I get these crazy new experiences, the more I feel like myself, the more I'm like, okay, this is what I was always meant to do. Even if it's not always perfect, even if it's sometimes stressful, this is who I am. This is who I was meant to be. Such an interesting point. I guess I feel the same. I feel that like I'm actually in the right place. So there is some beauty in that to understand that a behavior or a dynamic or a mechanism that was applying don't belong to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Very little example. I was like a big fan of Sunday lunch with the family. You know, Sunday, everyone needs to sit for two hours and eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's it. And instead of like here in the UK, they don't tend to celebrate Sunday lunch. It's more about go for a walk. And now we go for a walk. And of course, the dynamic is different because uh, you might speak with the person you're walking nearby. It's not like a big family moment. I actually like it. I like not to make the effort to cook and prepare for hours. And, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like, hey, but that was a big part of me and, and my culture. So I, I, I feel that I'm happy that it's going to let it go. But somehow I'm aware that I'm letting go something that was very present in my family. Mm-hmm. That's the opposite of the experience I had, actually. Well, sim- similar experience, different kind of story, because my family never ate dinner together because all of us were always working. We always had our own thing going on. So you kind of just, you know, the food would be ready. You get dinner when you want. You could get takeout if you're feeling it. You eat on the couch, you eat at the table. It's all up to you. But when I got together with my husband and when I had um, a few dinners with his family, they were always eating together and we would always start eating together and you always cook together. You know, you eat together, you clean together. And I was like, 
this is weird. This is super different and I'm so not used to it. But honestly, I prefer it more. I really like that family dinner and it is more work. It is more effort. But at the same time, I really like it. That's so nice to hear. In terms of like your experience, is any advice that you would like to give to a young woman that is moving from the States to Netherlands or to Europe? The first thing I would say is make a plan, but expect to deviate from it. I didn't make too great of a plan when I first moved to the Netherlands. And honestly, I regretted it because a lot of things went wrong, but a lot of them were preventable. So as much as you want to prepare for the unexpected, you also want to make sure, you know, you have some kind of plan. You don't want to just throw yourself into this crazy thing, unless that's how you roll. But, you know, that's just my advice. Something else is try to find yourself without sticking or connecting to only one person. Make friends, try new things, you know, travel solo. But one of the biggest mistakes I made was finding one person and sticking to them at the very beginning when I first came to the Netherlands in 2018. And I really regretted that because I felt like I missed out on so many like networking opportunities, so many opportunities to step out of my comfort zone just because I was so uncomfortable with getting uncomfortable. And I found this one person who makes me comfortable. I was like, this is it. This is, you know, this is what I'm doing. Something else is do a solo trip. You know, when you move abroad, make friends, all of that, but go somewhere by yourself, maybe for a weekend, maybe for a week, as long as you want to really. And just take some time doing things by yourself because you really do learn a lot about yourself that way. One of the best things I did was go to Prague by myself for a few days. And I was really nervous because I hadn't done anything by myself for a while. I was so used to like relying on others for comfort. But when you go out there and you put yourself out there and you have to eat by yourself, you have to walk around by yourself, find your way in a foreign city all by yourself. You really learn so much about who you are and what you're capable of. So that's just like a few little pieces of advice that I give. That's beautiful. What stood out for me was when you said, I stick with a person because was the person made me comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I was not able to be uncomfortable. How did you learn to do so? I kind of just told myself, we're doing this. This is happening. It, I, I want to tell you that it was this beautiful learning experience. And I took it step by step. But no, I was just like, this is horrible. And I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to, you know, achieve anything in life if I just stick in my little comfort zone. So I was like, we're doing it. And for me, it was a matter of booking a trip all by myself, not inviting anyone. And I booked it non-refundable because I was like, I can't back out of this. That was it. I just threw myself out there and made it happen. But I'm so glad I did because it was like tearing off a bandage. That's so interesting. I did like a solo trip myself. And I remember that at the beginning I was so scared. Things like, oh my God, they're going to follow me or, or things like that. Kind of no sense because I'm not the queen of the planet. No one cared about me. <laughs> like my head, everyone was around me trying to do something. And I remember that like soon the sense of like fears of like a beast, you know, restless became excitement. I spent two days walking around like an excited baby of five years old, looking around and buying everything from the sweets to the something colorful. So just because yellow, I'm going to buy it. It's kind of like joy that when I travel with like friends or my partner is still there, but there is also this sense of um, not duty, but you know, natural instinct to entertain the other person. So it's less natural in that sense. Yeah, I, I feel that so much because one, one thing that I really noticed when I traveled by myself is I wanted to walk everywhere. And I just love walking. Like I can 
I can really walk so much. And most people I travel with, even if they like walking, they won't want to do it as much as I do. So I'm like, hey, if I'm like, hey, let's walk to this attraction that's like two hours away and then walk back, most people will be like, well, that's a waste of time. I don't really want to. So when I'm by myself, I don't have to think about what other people think. I can just walk and I can just enjoy myself. And that's something I really love. So I feel you so much. Thank you for sharing. Is anything else that you want to add before going to the fire question? Uh, nope. I think I think that's just about it. Okay. So fire question. I give you three options and you pick up one. Or I give you like a question and you reply just with one word. Okay. You ready? Yes, let's go. Fish, meat or veggie? Fish. Wine, beer or water? Wine. Beach, mountain or city with rich history? Beach. Dinner with friends, cozy evening on your own or dinner with family? Dinner with friends. Now a bit more serious. Are you a doer or are you a dreamer? I am a doer. Are you risk taker or risk adverse? Risk taker. Are you for tough conversation or are you more for peace? Always tough conversation. Okay. Highs on the present or focus on the future? Focus on the future. Okay. Biggest strength? Ambition. Okay. Biggest vulnerability? Emotion. The one word representing you? Confidence. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you. We are now about to close, but I have a few questions for you. What is the one recommendation that you will give to yourself of 10 years ago? Believe in yourself more. That's what I would tell past me because I was really lacking confidence back then and I was always afraid something would go wrong, but I would really tell her, believe in yourself, it's going to be okay. And what is the big worry that you had, but that never came true? It's such a random worry, but I was really worried that when I moved abroad that I wouldn't finish my degree because I failed one, uh, I think it was some test or essay that I did and I failed it so badly and I was just not on the way to completing my thesis properly. And for my website, I even wrote this dramatic article about what it's like to fail and like fail school, feel like, you know, your world is ending. And then I didn't fail and I was like, oh, okay. So that, that worked out for me, but that was a big thing. So I didn't want to be the person who went through this effort to move abroad for school and then failed out of school. I can relate with that so much. Yeah. <laughs> because failing back home is not a big deal. You can do the test again, but failing abroad for some reason is possible to do again, but it's not an option. Yep, I, d I definitely feel that. I was also told, like, you can do this again later if it doesn't work out. I was like, no, if I fail, that's the end of that. You know, I go back home, I've disappointed my people, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your best hope for the future? That the pandemic will end and I will be able to travel again and that everyone else will be able to travel again as well because I think travel is the most important thing in the world. You learn so much about yourself, about others, and it really makes you see how insignificant you are, but not in a negative way. You start to let go of your inhibitions and you get to live your best life. So I really just can't wait for everyone to be able to travel again. I can't wait that either. Uh, for me, it's, it's like that with the pandemic, I feel so little mm -hmm. and so vulnerable, but also so unimportant. I'm just one person and the country is so big and, and the world is so big. 
there was a point they closed the border and my idea was to get to the Netherlands and walk back home. Oh my gosh. Celine <laughs> was like, I'm going home. And I remember it was like seven days walking and was like, Adele, you just need to accept the reality. You are powerless. <laughs> and you cannot travel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even I don't like walking that much. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Marina. And we will see you next week for the next episode. Awesome. Excited to see it. Ciao. Bye.